When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Don't forget that this week's episode is, as always, powered by Violet Money. Check out violetmoney.co.uk. Use the code ACE20. Get 20% off all their apparel and training gear and the, and the rest of it, including their uh, collaboration with Weekend Defender. Don't forget that. But uh, check them out, as always, because they support us. But uh, on to this. Good stuff. Really looking forward to it again. Had a, had a really good laugh and a good time the last time we spoke to the boys. Uh, delighted to be joined by uh, Sam and Walker from Honey Motel. Welcome back, boys. Hello, mate. You okay? Nice to see you again. Indeed, mate. It's good. It was good. It done, uh, it done pretty good, good numbers as well for a little small yeah, channel we were, like my own. Yeah. We were very happy with the, uh, with the numbers it did last time. I, mean, I think um, it was one of our first kind of shows that we did where we were like, Fucking hell, people are actually interested in us. Yeah. Quite quite a surprise. Just two two lads from Liverpool just chatting shit and all of a sudden it goes uh, it gets quite good numbers. It's quite surprising, man. Stuff like that happens. The thing the thing with it is there's so there's a couple of things which I know is with my podcast is one, people like seeing um I know footballers, musicians, whatever it may be, but they like seeing the real person rather than the generic. Yeah interviews and press like just the automatic yeah, responses definitely. they like it's to always, see like, that's always more interesting yeah of course it is. is learning learning about the actual people behind the behind the, the screen i've that's what i've always thought like from my point like with musicians i'm always interested in like learning about the musicians themselves and not just listening to the music it kind of gives it another angle i reckon yeah, and plus you get to know, like, um, I know, like, influences, 
what they whether it's what they're into, what bands they like now, what music they like, yeah. what they like, what they do away from it. It just there's a it's like a vast just a thing of different learning different things about the people you're interested in and and talent. Yeah, people. definitely. And the other thing I was gonna say is like you don't see a lot of bands doing podcasts, really. Like you might see the odd no, one. No, you two, don't really. But there's not a great deal of them around. Like I've had yourselves and had the crooks on. Um, who I don't know. I don't think they are even still going now. So I hope I haven't cursed. I don't know. I hope I don't end up cursing you, like I cursed them <laughs> apparently. But <laughs> yeah. But like I'm, I'm like because I'm interested in music. I like all sorts of music from like rock and roll, indie, whatever, and like I like a bit of hip hop yeah. and drum and bass and that as well. Like I'm interested in speaking to, to people from different types of music as well like i said to you just now i've had quite a few like rappers and mcs on recently oh, yeah. in the last year since we spoke and, and i found it really interesting just hearing their stories because some of them are not what you'd expect there was one guy um jay speaks who's like um you know, rapper but like yeah. i had him in the studio and we i expected it to go one way in my head before not having ever met yeah. him and uh we ended up spending about 50 minutes talking about like positivity and positive vibes and like it was it had very, it was very joe rogan like surprised we didn't go <laughs> to like dmt or something but yeah, it's interesting man it's just like speaking to different people isn't it it's but, mad that you said that um you haven't seen many bands on podcasts because i've felt over like the last year in liverpool Loads of bands seem to be. So there's a podcast in Liverpool called The Tenth Pint. Have you heard yeah, of it? Yeah, yeah, I know, I know of it. Yeah, yeah, loads of bands are going on that. But before then, you're right. I hadn't seen many, mm. but they seem to be a lot of Scouse bands are going on that podcast. Um, so yeah, but yeah, before then, not really seen many. But it seems to be getting more popular for musicians. Like I think on a whole as well, Liverpool is big for podcasts. Yes, like you've got. You got Have a Word podcast. You've got a tenth pint. You've got Chat and Pony with Paddy the Baddy. You've got the Hot Water Green Room. These are all and, massive. Um, mild podcasts. High as well. Mild High, yeah. And these are all coming out of Liverpool. Because Scousers love fucking chatting shit. <laughs> yeah, that's it, isn't it? Hey, chatting, man. But they're all good. All those podcasts you mentioned, they're really good. And like, um, yeah. like Have a Word is my go-to podcast like it's funny as words my go-to podcast as well i'm a i'm a patreon for them i yeah, just find yeah. them absolutely so funny um but that is like yeah. do you know why that i find them so funny it's like one it's my sort of humor but also like mock the week where back when frankie boyle was on frank mock the week right mock mock the week was quality back in the day with like frankie boyle and that but since they f- fired him or let him go it's just got worse and worse. And like all comedy around yeah. sort of stand up on TV, it's just shite. Well, I think I think what's great about comedy is that it you can it like goes back to the times of like like the medieval times when the jest when it was like the jesters in the court and obviously they were the, the funny ones, but the truth was they were the only ones who told the truth. And I was thinking about this today because I'm not sure if you've seen the clip. Um Joe Lysa is on um, a television show and Liz Truss has just um, just done a speech or something on it and he starts sarcastically clapping 
and everybody's kicking off like, oh, how, how does Joe Lysa have the balls to be doing something like that to the new prime minister? And it's like, he's telling the truth of the public, like yeah. probably 50% of the public. Um, I think com- like that's what comedians are so useful for is telling the truth, but making people laugh about it at the same time. Going back to what you said then about comedians as well, he is a bit more, I think there's like an underground comedy world sort of like bubbling up. And as you're saying, like mock of the week's not that funny anymore. And I think it's because you just, I just joke, you can't joke anymore or you can, but the backlash you get from telling certain jokes. Um, and I think like that underground scene just doesn't give a fuck still. So they, that's why people want to go to a, have a word, is it have a word, is it the podcast? Because uh, they still don't give a fuck. They're not trying to not say anything, you know what I mean? But, you know, shows like Mock of the Week, they are like bending to that social narrative and then get scared to say stuff. So then the jokes become watered down and you end up watching it and you're like, uh, fucking shit. Yeah, you know what I mean? A lot like, of the jokes on it is like the jokes just become just so asinine. Like they're just, they're not even funny at that point. Like, and I think when you've got podcasts and particularly it shows, right? It shows that people want to be able to joke about anything with you know there is obviously a line everyone's got their own line haven't they in terms of what they deem acceptable as a joke but it shows that people want that sort of comedy in how quickly the have a have a word has grown there was a point when they started that they were around the same sort of um numbers and views and stuff as what i got and then they just went And flew yeah, off yeah, because they, just, like, they were giving something there to the people that people wanted, and people still want. Well, I think I think what's great about Have a Word is that it's like the Patreon episode. Obviously, they can joke to a certain extent on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and whatever, because not you know you, you can't. It's tough to just stumble across a podcast and then get offended like you can on TV. Yeah. Like you can just be flicking through the channels on TV. And you just stumble upon something and then you watch it. It's harder to stumble upon a podcast on Spotify. But then they've got the next level of the Patreon, where even on the Patreon, they are like 10 times more almost offensive sometimes. Like like you said, Sai, like that's my kind of comedy as well. That's yeah. what really makes me laugh. And there's a place to do that because you're not going to pay for something, three pound a month or whatever, and then get offended at it, are you? There's, there's no chance that's going to happen. Yeah, no, 100%. It's like you say, you're not going to stumble across something like that. Um, and I think they are, they, they, in the whole sort of two or three years they've been doing it, or two years they've been doing it, I think it is, they've had one kind of incident where people got a bit offended. And like even that was, I think, because they put that particular bit out as a clip rather than people, you know, came across it on the full episode. Right. They yeah. put it out as a clip and yeah, it's a sort of. Uh-huh. You're drawing attention to it then, and you so I suppose yeah, yeah, I suppose you are, aren't you? If you put that out as a singular clip, you are drawing more attention to that one part, and then it's like I I wasn't aware of that. It's like when Sam said that really offensive thing last time, and then we we, (laughs) I should have I should have clipped it out and like put it out there and stuff. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) what are you on about, lad? I said nothing. Never happened. Yeah, you don't swear, you do. No, good boy, don't swear. Read the Bible every night. <laughs> say me prayers. Kiss me down every time I see it. I'm sound, mate. It was hey, it wasn't on the episode, so it didn't exist. 
that's as, that's that's as far as I'm concerned. That's the thing, though, isn't it? Like, disappeared. Obviously, you, you, that's the thing, though, isn't it? Like, you, you do have to, when you're in public, you don't want to be rude to people and you want to respect people. And of course, that's why, you know, you should do that. But there becomes a certain point when, like, you can't change who you are as long as, long as who you are isn't a disgusting person, you know what I mean? Like, to the, the depths of disgusting, which we all know where, what them levels are. But people, you know what I mean? People take jokes out of context and comments out of context. People read into everything. And like, you know, you might say something and you're like, oh, you meant that by that. And you're like, I never, it was just a passing comment, but go mm. ahead. But I feel for comedians, I'm glad I'm, I'm writing music and not jokes because I couldn't be arsed with the backlash of people. Yeah. With songs, no one knows what the fuck you mean in the lyrics. Mm-hmm. So you just say what you want and no one knows. But with jokes, yeah, couldn't be arsed. Comedians put up with a lot, like. Yeah, it's difficult. And like, there is nothing worse than seeing someone say something like I've seen it about like a handful of times over the last couple of years with um, with like Joe Rogan and some other podcasters and comedians and stuff online is in the full episode, they'll be talking about something and there'll be context to it and they'll be, you know, they'll be explaining their point and then someone will take out like a, they'll clip like a sentence or, you know, a little bit out of it. And then they'll be like, oh, they need to be cancelled, you know, all the normal shit. And it's like, yeah, they did say that bit that you've put out, but they also add like a massive bit of context to it before that. And I find it really, like it frustrates me how disingenuous people are. And then people get offended over something, which they will never watch. They've got no interest in watching or listening to. And it's like, it doesn't really matter then, does it? Because it's not affecting you, but yeah, the interest stems from the the adrenaline rush of like canceling someone and writing something on Twitter and commenting on how disgraceful it is how anybody can say something like that when, like you said, they firstly they don't actually know the context of where that's coming from. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's frustrating. Like you know, I was gonna say there's there's no room either. Sorry, sorry, I was gonna say there's no room to say sorry either. Yeah, like Joe Rogan. Did say some grim stuff. I remember the clips that come out. Uh, yeah, of course he did. And you know, but he apologized. And like, it's like in this common culture, like there's no room for apology. You know what I mean? And genuine apology. He put a, a big video of genuinely apologizing to the people who he'd upset and asked for forgiveness. But like, they're still on this like mad charge to take him down. But it showed like in the end, it passes and you're like, you know what was all that about? Or I remember like his podcast. He was he was having a lot of scientists on, and um, he had to put COVID nineteen warnings on every podcast because like genuine people, you know, involved in epidemiology and science were coming on giving opinions on the vaccine, and not every scientist agrees on everything. And mm. people went, the people who were listening went you know, intelligence enough to decide for themselves what information they want to take on. Well, they probably were. His actual listeners were. It's as you say, then people who join for five seconds get a clip and then take it off and put it on Twitter going, you know, Joe Rogan spreading misinformation. And he's just one example of how, yeah, genuine listeners won't be fuming and genuine listeners have the context, but you always get those nutcases who just take it out of context and do what they want with it. The thing is, though, right, it's like with anything, politics, um, COVID, music, comedy, 
TV, whatever. Like nothing will ever change for the better or worse. But you know, if you want things to evolve and get better, so you look at like the energy crisis. Not that I particularly want to talk about politics, but like you look at the energy crisis now and people are panicking about how they're going to pay their bills and stuff. Like, can you imagine if the government said, right, you know, you can't you can't talk about that because you don't know you know you're not an expert in gas or air, electric or whatever so you yeah. can't talk about it and it's like you'd never get anything done if if only certain ex only only the experts which are picked by certain you know a certain select people can talk about stuff nothing would ever evolve past I, yeah i do i do i do see your point but also at the same time i think sometimes it may be um there's anybody from america listening out there sometimes i think free speech can be a bit dangerous because you've got people this is taking it to one extreme but like flat earthers for example they just like they just don't deserve to talk about anything if they believe flat the earth is flat and it's it's things like that and people can spread misinformation so easily nowadays with the power of like social media i remember watching do you remember watching that um it was called The Social Network. It was on Netflix and, and when everybody watched it, and it was all about how easy uh, misinformation can spread over social media. And it's it's a really interesting watch because because, mis, because misinformation is so amazing and like exciting, it spreads so much quicker than genuine information. Um, well, it's like when, um, it's like when like the, the paper that won't be named or the other tabloids, like when they... Uh, like say something which is untrue about someone it's front page everywhere when they apologize because they were talking absolute horseshit it's like a little tiny box you know on page 11 or something so no one ever sees the apology and it's like when something spreads because you like you say it's exciting it's like an anti the anti-narrative if you like it's going to spread like wildfire with the internet now but then yeah I yeah, I, I think I agree with you, Sai. Walker was saying that, um, you know, people like flat earthers shouldn't be allowed to give their opinion. Like, you know, their opinion is, you know, unintelligent, but I don't believe the way to change someone's opinion is to shut them up and yeah. don't allow to speak. I think best they way, dig I in more. I think, yeah, exactly. The best free speech, you know, no matter how horrible it is, you're going to say, let them say it. And then bring them over to your side with better speech. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna try and get anyone on board with an idea, you're never gonna do it by putting them in a box and locking the door and go, "You never say that again." You're best bringing them on board, and being like, "Listen, how you're thinking about whatever it is, flat Earth. Let me show you that it's not flat. Let me, you know, you need an intelligent person who understands, you know, science or you know, you know, geography or whatever." But yeah, I don't believe ever boxing anyone up is the way to do it. Um, same way, like, there's a guy, you ever heard of a guy called Daryl Davis? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, Priceline. No, no, it's this. It's this American blues musician, and um, and he's a black guy, 
and he's converted over 200 KKK members to leave oh, the wait. clan. And like when I first heard him about him, like my head was bust. I was like a black guy who's talking to KKK members and converting them. But his whole philosophy is these people aren't going to go away if we just box them up. You know what I mean? And that's the one of the most heinous groups ever, the KKK. You know, it's disgusting what they're about. But he brings them back to reality by speaking to them. And people have the opinion, oh, it's not point. There's no point wasting your time on people like that. And there's loads of things which people can believe, which are which are horrible. But I think, you know, it's our duty as humans to try and bring them back back on board because at the end of the day, we've all got to live together. We've all got to be, you know, in this country together or in this world together. And doesn't you, you can't just lock someone in, in a in a cage for an idea and, and throw away the key. You've got to show them the light, show them the right idea or what you believe to be the right idea and hope that they buy into it. So what's your what's your what's your um opinion on prison then and jail? That's kind of uh, it's it's slightly different, but it's slightly the same idea. How somebody does something wrong and you lock them away. Yeah, but that, that's physical action, that's not free speech. Like free free speech doesn't like yeah free I get what you're saying but free speech isn't physically hurting anyone free speech there's some horrible things oh yeah and the as I say I think racism is in that box where it should you shouldn't be allowed to say racist terms but there's that you know who is the great controller who decides what you can and can't say I don't believe there is one I just believe that the social landscape that we create has just got to you know we've got to develop our own model sorted codes where we hold each other accountable for the things we say and bring people who have these bad ideas back to a side where maybe it's just more, you know, retrain the brain of them rather than never try and retrain them and throw away the key as I say, but yeah, going on now. No, it's, it's, do you know, I didn't even know how we got onto this, but it's interesting. And nonetheless, uh, yeah, it's you, quite interesting. You, you, st- you said how oh, you didn't want to talk about politics, but we're talking about free speech. And <laughs> I think that's worse than politics. <laughs> ah, it's, uh, it's interesting, though, isn't it? like to a certain degree. But do you know why Like, it's interesting for us, right? Because we could sit here and we could, we could talk about it for like an hour now and it would be interesting. We'd have some interesting points and whatever. And we'd probably just have a conversation about it. But there's the reason why I tend to steer away from stuff like that is because there's a, a certain group of people or types of people, I don't know what it is, but like they just, if you don't agree with them, they like just shout you down and that and just like, yeah. you're this, you're that, you're, and it's just, oh, I just can't be bothered with it. Like you should be allowed like to talk about like it. Once, yeah, once people have made their mind up, like you said before about apologies, once they've made their mind up, they're not changing their mind. 100%. And to me, Especially for, like, you know, I'm, like, uh, I'm nearly 41 now, right? But, like, if social media and stuff like that had been around when I was, say, 16 to 28, like, there's no way I'd have a podcast because, especially when I'm, like, sort of 16 to 22, say, like... I would say all sorts of stupid shit and do all sorts yeah. of stupid shit. And like, if, and I probably would have put it on social media because I thought it was mm. funny or whatever. And like, I don't know. It's like, uh, I don't know. I just think, I can't know what to say now, but like, I would have <laughs> got cancelled or I would have got in trouble. Well, you, you see that with like some people nowadays. Like, I remember when, um, 
There was a guy called Jack Maynard, and he went on um, I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, and it came up like 15 years ago. He posted on Twitter, like some, some, I think it was homophobic or something. And okay. it's like, it was that one, it's like that one generation. Because I, th- I think like, like, for example, my little brother's um, 13, and he now, because of the society we live in, he has the knowledge not to post anything like that because it can come and bite him in the butt in, you know, five, 10 years time. But I think 10 years ago, we didn't have that knowledge that it would come and bite us in the butt. So people were posting random, you know, possibly offensive stuff and then forgetting about it. And then 10 years later, it's coming back and biting them in the butt. And it's it's scary. It's scary at times. Yeah. Like it's one of them things, isn't it? Because a guy would have got got myself in all sorts of trouble when I was younger. And yeah, you know, maybe because social media wasn't there, then you can't really compare it because you yeah. would have, you adapt and, and you learn. But like my point being is that when you're young, you make mistakes, you do stupid yeah. stuff and you learn from them. Most yeah. people, most people do. And then the people who yeah. don't learn are the ones who do end up, you know, in trouble and, and going down a certain path. But like you generally learn from your mistakes. If you can't say yeah. sorry, and you can't genuinely apologize when you make those mistakes, or it doesn't matter that you apologize. I think that's a problem. Yeah, like going back to Jack Maynard, I have no idea what he said. I don't know what it was, but just dig off what Walker was saying. If people want to go back and dig through what he said, sweet. And if it is disgusting, then as you can say, you can bring it up to him and hold him accountable. But as you said, there's got to be that. That's got to be that room for redemption where he, if he wants to genuinely make up for what he said or done, um, then allow it. You know what I mean? Don't don't be saying, well, now you've said it, you're forever cancelled. You know, if he if he never wants to apologise and wants to stick by him saying something horrible, as you say, if people are never going to grow up, then let him, let him be an idiot. But if he does want to apologise and get on with his life, let him and let him learn his lesson and... But obviously, it feels like the, the first bit, we, we hold people accountable, but then we never give them that chance to say sorry. Or maybe we're exaggerating. Maybe people do, but it feels that way anyway. But maybe that's us stuck in the social media bubble and only seeing like these this cancel culture. And yeah, maybe maybe people do get redemption. I don't know. Yeah, it's got to have, you've got to have time to... Uh... The, not time, what's the word? You've got to be able to grow, haven't you? And... and kind of grow with it and whatnot but um right let's switch it up a bit um so about a year ago <laughs> I think it was that. about a year ago you um you joined me for a chat um it was a good chat we had a chat about all sorts of different stuff but obviously it was still pretty pretty heavily into the pandemic even though we may have been sort of coming on the at least the back end of it um what have you been up to since um we've been up to a lot really with um we've yeah we've to be honest we've, we've kind of done everything i think we set out to do when you know during the pandemic obviously during the pandemic we couldn't gig or and it was difficult to release music and create content but i think what we had in our in our brain i think i think that one of the main things that we wanted to do was play a sold out show and we man we we a hometown sorry yeah hometown headline and we managed to sell that out in october in the october that's you know come up to a year about a year ago now i'm not sure if we did discuss it when when uh when we were on on a year ago 
Um, but you know, we've just been releasing music, playing, playing, you know, good gigs, played some festivals in Portsmouth. And yeah, so it's just yeah, it's just going, it's going really well, and we're really happy with how it, how everything's going. And um, yeah, we just released a, a latest single, cartoons, and um, I think that's on. I think it got like five thousand views in, in a couple of days. I think it's on about twelve, thirteen thousand now. So you know that that's something that we were only dreaming of a year ago to get that many views on a vid on a music video. So yeah. Really happy with how everything's going. How are you feeling, Samson? Yeah. Just full stop underneath that. Yeah, just played festivals, played we played um Portsmouth with the first time. That was cool to go down there and yet yeah, release some music. And now we've got a pile of music which we which is in the queue to get released, which we've worked on over the last year and over the next few months, more and more gigs and more music coming out. And we landed on an Apple Music playlist, which we'd never done. Yeah, new in rock, which was a big thing for us. Um, yeah, I didn't even know we've been we've been on it for ten days, mm-hmm. and normally like you get notified and it's a big thing and bands post like say to it like ah oh, fucking hell been in new in rock or been in you know this playlist on Spotify and we were on it for fucking nearly two weeks and no one has a clue. Someone just went on to Apple Music and our streams had like the biggest spike in ever on one song. On one specific day, and we were like, "What's going on there?" And then turns out someone on Apple Music had put us on a playlist next to like Paul Nutini and all big acts, and that like Muse, and we were yeah, Ozzy Osbourne was on it next to us. We were above Ozzy Osbourne, <laughs> and heads were battered, and we were just like, "How? No one knows. No one even knew that we were fucking on this, so we had to get a post out." But yeah, loads of little milestones like that. So yeah, been been a good year. And obviously, like this. Um... Well, the last couple of weeks, we've seen like all the festivals returning, probably for the first time. Yeah, so obviously last year, I think there was might have been one or two festivals, but you must have been looking at that like over the last few weeks now where the, all the festivals are back now this year, like Glastonbury and uh, Reading, Leeds, all of them are like in full flow. Is that an uh, like an aim for you guys going forward? Like you'd like to start doing that sort of thing? Yeah, definitely. Next year we're targeting a lot of the the um a lot of the bigger festivals like Why Not and Isle of Wight and um but this year we were lucky enough to play a few. We played um Golden Touch Festival in Portsmouth. Okay. I think that was in was that June? Yeah. yeah, about June time. Um but that was class. That was one of our uh, that was our first festival outside of Liverpool. We played Sound City before in Liverpool. Mm. Um and yeah, that was boss. There was loads of people there. Um and then we um, were planning to play a Way Day festival, weren't we, in September? But it's the date's been moved for it because um, they had some issues getting it set up. Um, I think they planned it too soon. Um, and then, yeah, they didn't have the stuff. I don't know they, exactly what went wrong, but it ended up getting pulled. But, yeah, we managed to get in a few this year, but we're open next year to build, you know, rather than doing two or three, doing eight, nine, ten, and filling us somewhere else. But, um, yeah, we didn't end up actually releasing any music until in no midsummer. Mm. So like we took sort of a break at the end of last year to like sort of reorganize the band and sort some things that we are going on. Um and like yeah, so we went missing a little bit, which probably affected our chances of getting on um a festival because we played our headline gig last October and then sort of went on a break until the new year and then didn't really release anything properly and start releasing content again until like May. 
Um, but we managed to land on a few, and yeah, definitely our aim for next year's side is to get on some of the bigger slots and get mingling with some of the bigger names. Yeah, I think um, like even you can see just by the the reaction and the the views on cartoons that there's a there's like a hunger for the type of music which you make and people like what you do like what you put out there. So I think it's only natural like it's just a natural step that those types of opportunities and festivals are going to come more and not more often for you guys you I, like i think that's that that's gonna happen you can see that's gonna yeah. happen if that makes sense yeah i think i i think i may be biased in saying this but our music i think our music is a little bit different to kind of what what's coming out at the moment coming out at the moment you've got the kind of like rough and ready i think you know like rock and like rock almost indie rock but I think our mu- music kind of st- like steps on the line of indie, pop, rock. I, it's not just one specific genre of music. I think we try and some of the ideas we, we try and draw on are from other genres of music. Like Sam's a massive R&B fan. And you said, we were talking about this the other night. When I asked him what was the first song you learned on, on the guitar. Mine was, um, mine was A Horse With No Name by America jacks our bass player was um a green day song and i said what was your first song you learned on the guitar and he went do you know that's something from lil wayne <laughs> it's just like <laughs> some random lil wayne song that you'd never expect an indie band oh god look at that that's good um uh, that you'd never expect an indie band to um <laughs> to listen to but i think i think that's important isn't it to have a good eclectic listen yeah fuck talking about what we first song that background that background's heavy that's, that's my name. guy, my man. That's my man. My man Jamie does all my graphics for me. Yeah, so, that's yeah. that's sick. That way, just pulled that one off the bag there. Yeah. Just like wipe. Up. Well, I think we're standing on Southport Beach there, and you've you've cropped us out. Got the yeah, that's the headline gig as well behind it. That was sold out. That's fucking sick. That. There we go. What's the um, like? You know, like you you said, you played. Your first fest, your first festival outside Liverpool. How big, yeah. like, how big a thing is that for you personally? Because obviously, you know, you're Liverpool lads, and that you're obviously going to start in your, you know, your local area. You're going to build up from there. That's the natural thing to do. And obviously, you're going to have a support from people within that area. But when you go elsewhere, does it create like any anxiety or like, I don't know, um... like? Yeah, I know what you mean. I don't don't think we think about it that deeply, you know, say. Um, we're idiots. <laughs> we just get out the van and play. But um, nah, um, we've played London and um, we've played Portsmouth. We've played outside of Liverpool a few times, um, Manchester, stuff like that. But um, we don't really treat it any different unless it's like a hometown headline feels different because everyone's there for you. And yeah. I think there's more anxiety around that. There's more anxiety around the hometown shows, actually, yeah. There's less anxiety when you travel because in your hometown, you've got all, obviously, the local fans who've been with you for years, but you've also got your mum and your dad mm-hmm. and your mates and they're all judging you and they all call you shit when you get off stage because you're just one of the lads. And, like, that's more nerve-wracking getting on a stage and seeing your mate at 20, 20 years or 18 years because, like, you've known him for so long, but going to, like, Portsmouth, you get up on a stage, and we don't know anyone in Portsmouth, but people who've come to listen to the music. 
So there's no personal connection. It's just like there to hear this song. We're gonna play it, and yeah, you have like but so yeah, hometown Jones. I I worry more because I see faces or no, and I don't like seeing yeah, faces or no. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Sure. The only the only worry I had was I'm so used to saying Liverpool while I'm on stage, like it's happening in Liverpool. I was worried that I was going to go down to Portsmouth and go, "What's happening in Liverpool? How are we?" Um, <laughs> and make myself look like a right cock. Um, but yeah, it, but the problem is that. if you play, if you played Manchester and said I Liverpool or something like that, you might have got like a yeah, that, that would probably be worse. <laughs> yeah, Jack was saying, um, who was it? Who, um, was it Blink 182? No. Oh, My Chemical Romance it was. And they played in Warrington. And they kept saying Manchester. Oh. So apparently that didn't that went down like a lead balloon. So um, just keeping that in the back of my mind is going to be important when we um, start playing more and more outside of outside of Liverpool. But yeah, it was definitely, it's definitely a milestone. And I think we were surprised at the amount of people that knew our music. I think... I think we weren't one of the reasons I don't think we're anxious is because we've we've played those gigs in the past where no one's really listening to your music. You're kind of just playing in a bar in the back and getting paid twenty quid and a few beers. We're so we're so used to that. It's no, it's so if we go down to Portsmouth, no one's listening to it. We've done that before, but I think we were actually surprised at the amount of people who kind of stayed behind at the end and said hi. Oh my god, I love your music. Um, and you know, people that were. It was it was a shock seeing people sing along to some of our music in in Portsmouth, which is probably one of the furthest places away you can get from Liverpool, <laughs> apart yeah. from like Cornwall and stuff. Maybe John O'Groats, but yeah, I think we were we were pleasantly surprised at the um, at the reaction. It was a great gig as well down in Portsmouth. It was it was um it was one of those festivals where it's like one room, one big room, and then one little room. And we were on quite early in the afternoon. And we were on in the little room. And there was only, I think, like 150, 200 people there at the time. And in the big room, because obviously it's a lot bigger, it looked a lot emptier. But when they all came into the little room, it was sweaty as fuck, wasn't it? And the, the stage was quite small. And that and that's, that's kind of the vibe that we've come from, is those smaller, sweaty gigs. You know, we haven't come from coming straight off the O2 Academy stages. We've come from... You know the the clubs and the um and the small venues, so it was it was similar to being back at home, really. So yeah, it was good. Yeah, it's got to be surreal, yeah. like going outside of your city, especially going as far as Portsmouth, and then you know people know you, know your music, and that. There's got to be like a yeah. bit of surrealness to it. But then I suppose with the internet these days, like it is what it is, isn't it? Yeah. It's not like the old days. I was gonna say when we were down there, I can't forget her name now because I did ask for it, just because I was like made up. She was singing our music, but there was some woman, and she, you know, she wasn't a young woman. You know, she was middle aged woman, but she sang every song, and I have no idea who she was. I have no idea. Forgot her name completely. Yeah, normally you can you can spot the ones that come to all the gigs. Yeah, you know, you've got those faces that always appear, but. To see someone in Portsmouth, yeah, she sang everywhere, and I was like, just on stage, like, shit, she's fucking singing everywhere. Well, there you uh, are, you lady, can as well. lady from Portsmouth, lady from Portsmouth, drop, drop it in the comments. Let's see it, you know, if she knows all your music, chances are she might watch this 
when yeah. uh, when you were like retweeted or something. So, lady from Portsmouth, <laughs> drop a drop yeah. a comment in the in the below. Whoever you are, yeah. <laughs> what well, um? I just dropped that. Right. What about in terms of like uh, the last year year since we last spoke? Like, what's been the hardest? part you said you had to do a bit of restructuring and take a bit of a break like was that a difficult period or was that just nice to have a break or um yeah it wasn't we didn't choose to take a break we um yeah just some things went on with like management and that and we decided to let, let you know go our own way again um mm. and drop management we've been lucky enough since then to pick up different management and they were, they were you know won't name names and that because don't yeah, want to drop anyone in of the old in it or anyone of the new. But you know, it's been refreshing getting actual good guidance and someone directing us. But yeah, it was just we had problems with management, basically like people above us who we yeah, it was becoming a bit toxic and a bit um yeah, we didn't really know what was going on with our own band really. Um and we just decided to take back control um and kick everyone away who wasn't playing an instrument basically. <laughs> If you weren't yeah, playing I mean, instruments, get the fuck away, you know what I mean? And, um, so we took a few months off socials and that because we, we ended up doing things we didn't want to do and stuff like that and basically just made it about four lads in a room again and then built up again and got new people on board above us to help us out with, like, you know, socials and content and just basically, yeah, managing us properly. So, yeah, we had to restructure from that department um, and it was stressful, yeah, um, but... Yeah, we got through it because the other option is to not get through it and pack in, which isn't an option. So, yeah, yeah, we had to. But, yeah, it was stressful nonetheless, so you still alive. Yeah, I had um, a similar thing a while back now, like where, <clears throat> how can I say this? Because I don't want to, like, same as you, I don't want to name drop and drop people in it, but, like, basically I had some people come in and help, but they kind of, when it started doing things which was like taking things away from me and like i was like whoa now like i've built this and i'm not really comfortable with you just telling me that you know you're gonna do this and that and yeah it was all a bit but it was very what i can say is it was very 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 stressful and the best thing i did was say right no this is it's, it's mine and the people who are on my team, and that's it. I can't be yeah, I having. Think... It's difficult, isn't it? Because yeah, you've got to, you've got to get. There's not a wrong having a team behind you as long as it's the right people, man. And yeah. and the right people criticize you and and give constructive criticism and help you build what you're doing. But the wrong people, man, like you know, people who we were working with in the past, they were. Like they were just doing shit that we didn't even know what they were doing. Like they were like releasing music and we didn't know what was going on with PR and shit behind the scenes and we weren't allowed to ask questions and it was just like this is not healthy, man. Um it was, as I say, it wasn't about money then. We're not making enough money to, for it to be about money. You know mm. what I mean? Um it was it was just about like the creative side of things and yeah, taking back control of like the administrative side of the band, which we had no say in. Because it was, it, yeah, it was all getting run backwards. But yeah, it sounds like you've had a similar experience where you've just got to yeah. hit that reset button, haven't you? And just say, like, if you're not in the immediate fucking circle, then you need to 
take a step back. Which with you, I don't know who who is the who is the original circle. Is it just you? Is the two people in the original like the original yes. first day of the podcast? Is it just you or so the- day one was just me? And then, well, just me and my missus. Based my missus is like behind the scenes. Just she just really just uh, you know just supports me, helps me, does a bit of admin and stuff, and just generally does like moderating and stuff as well on like the live shows if there's big crowds and stuff in. And then it's kind of just grown. Like I got a few guys um, who, were, who were friends, like Rodri and um, uh, Andy Campbell, who was. He's left now because he's manager of Middlesbrough women's football team, doing very well. But um, he was a big part of it. And then there's Barry and a couple of other guys who do some Patreon stuff. And it's um, people I trust. And, like, I think, like, I trust all them. And then when someone new came in, it was a difficult adjustment anyway. And I didn't, I don't have particular, I don't have particularly have a problem with them. But I didn't like the way they were speaking to me and i didn't like what they were doing i didn't like they took away control of some of the social media side of it and i was like that's okay but you need to still do this this and this and then that was a problem and it was like well you either want to do the social media or you don't and then yeah it all got a bit ratty and in the end i just said yeah it's better if i just do it and with my people and we'll go from there because it was just going to end up in like a big fallout. And I think ultimately, like I take pride in what I've built largely on my own, but with the help of some friends and like, I'm protective over it then. Like, you know, I don't want someone to come in and. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week you're here is in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And uh, just take it away. Like, whenever people have contacted me about um, some of the football shows and putting them on different broadcasters or other places i've been quite protective over that and said like well yeah of course we'd like to get paid and you know that's the point in it at the end of the day like ultimately yeah. but i also don't want you to take control of it and just turn into something it's not and yeah it's, it's a it's a rocky rocky thing because you so with your band like you care you've built you know you built it you you make the music you care about it and if you feel like you're losing a bit of control of it, it's, I don't know, it's a rocky waters, I suppose, and it's stressful. Well, the thing, is, thing is, it's like we've been doing this for five, six years now. So we can't, you know, obviously we're not we're not major music superstars or anything, but we, we kind of know the rubric of what we need to do in order to become successful. And then all of a sudden people are coming in and saying we need to do the opposite of what we've already been told by other people and and this that and the other and you kind of like hold on you're you're meant to be coming in and helping us you're actually kind of hindering us at times it seems um in the past yeah not not at the moment we're, we're very lucky where we are at the moment we've got a good team back behind us um but yeah it's just like 
people are meant to be here to help us and you and you and you're not so we yeah like sam said we we had to take back control so we yeah we stripped it back to how how it used to be just us four um and then yeah started again we 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 did we i think we just went into the more creative stage again we we fell back into just writing loads of demos writing lots of music um because like that's how that's how we started just writing very shit music yeah but <laughs> i think we've come a long way to to writing better music but that's kind of how it started and we that's where that's where we took it back to so we could start again um but yeah it's all the all the release we've got a couple more tunes in the bank now so we can we can start yeah yeah we've got a couple finish uh three finished now and loads more demos up and ready to be sent to the studio so it's um it sounds good like you said to me to me just before we started like um the the difference in quality of cartoons like the video of it and stuff like it was up yeah. another level and like you can't you know you can you are not gonna lie and say you can't tell the difference in quality in terms yeah. of it looks looks superb like but yeah it's but it also helps that it's a i think it's a really really good song and i think the fact that you were able to you know you put that out with that quality of a video i think it definitely helps doesn't it to to grow because you can you can put clips on TikTok and all the rest of it and instagram and things and kind of spread it spread the word of it in various ways these days can you yeah shout out to um sophie magnolia um magnolia looks her handle is on twitter and instagram she's the the talented girl who put the video put the video together and edited it for us and and all that malarch which we don't know about but yeah that was one of the things we discussed was creating a more professional atmosphere in the bands after we got rid of the old um which is our, our, our new management is really helping us with and um yeah as you say that was one of the aims was to stop making content which wasn't up to the quality standard that we wanted and take it a lot more seriously which we thought we were doing under wrong advice and then yeah new people have come in and just went like you know it needs to be a lot more professional and you know and we've, we've obviously seen the rewards from that with the views on on cartoons and then landing on we landed on an apple music playlist um rock new in rock so yeah hopefully it carries on going them ways i think what's you know, important with, um, is that go on sorry sorry go on i was just gonna say i think what's important especially within the industry that we're in i think it's being aware that there's always the next level you can take it to having that self-awareness to go right we need to step it up again now you know we need to keep this train going we need to make you know better music different music we need to do something cool at a live show and you know we need to step it up and it's just about keeping that train going and you know because ultimately this is one of this is what we want to be doing with our lives you know and and if we don't make that step up then we're not gonna be able to do that what were you gonna say sorry sorry i was gonna say just um one of the things which um a lot of the or a few of the rappers and MCs who I've spoken to recently have said is it's so expensive to get like a like a hip hop video or whatever made for your song that they have to be quite creative with um you know with their with how they make their music videos and stuff and I guess you know you've got to just try and work with your the budget you got and and then is used to people really you know in it and there's a really funny story about that. So 
I'm not sure if we'd released it at the time last year. We released a song called Milk and Honey. Um, yes. Did, had we released that last by the time last year? No. Uh, when was that released? No, I don't think so. I think it was just after, wasn't it? But we um, we recorded a music video for that. We just did that ourselves on a mobile phone. And we did that at the crack of dawn on uh, Crosby Beach. Um, and we did, it was like, what time was it? Like oh, four in the morning. We had to be there. I had to wake up at like three o'clock because we wanted to, we wanted to get the, the crack of dawn in. So we wanted the sunrise. Um, and the whole music video, the premise of it was that it was one long take. So it was pretty much we get we get it right what we have to get it right the first time, um, and it was really funny because we were running up the beach and we got to the other end of the beach where the music video kind of ended, and there was a <laughs> there was a scouse rapper <laughs> making making his own music video <laughs> at five bells in the morning, and it's like is this what it's for? Like is this what Crosby Beach is reserved for? Like between the hours of. <laughs> 4 and 7 a.m. is people filming music videos. <laughs> and the shit thing about that as well is we went there specifically to get the fucking to get the fucking to get away from the public. So it was a fucking empty beach and it looked like a royal like empty beach. No one's there. Get the sunrise in. The fucking video firstly, we didn't get the fucking sunrise. You cocked up when you were filming. I cocked up and didn't even get it in. I had to run backwards for four minutes on sand. I don't know how I managed it. I nearly collapsed. Our drummer, Pab, was running forwards, like with Walker, with the speaker playing the track, and Walker's 10 feet behind us getting videoed, singing the track. And yet we went for the empty beach, and fucking MC Scouse is over on the left, <laughs> rapping his head off, fucking making his music video. We're like, fuck's sake, if he's in the shot, I swear to God. It's like that Spider-Man meme, you know, when they're like pointing at each other. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that was a surprise to find, to find, to find somebody else. Um, but you've got to just say, you got to do what you've got to do, haven't you? you got to, you got to yeah. uh, just do what, what you need to, and I guess... But yeah, we've come a long way since that from filming on mobile phones and, and uh, we're f- filming in studios now instead. And I think, yeah, but like like we said before, there's always the next level you can take. There's always something better, isn't there? There's always hundred percent. you can do. I think I think like that we've proved that in the in in the cartoons music video. It's it's much more professional. I think I think if you're trying to get a professional image across you, with your music, I think you know we 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 strive to to such a high level when we're recording music and then when you release a music video that isn't necessarily up to the same standard as the music that you've just released it's like it's a bit of an oxymoron but a bit of juxtaposition it's like well what are you are you the rough and ready band or are you the, the polished finished piece um i think we, we've 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 proven that we can we can do a lot better now so yeah that's the level that's the level we've got to stick to. Now, now we're going to always be fucking skins because we've got to do a proper video for every track. <laughs> That's it, though, isn't it? I think these things cost money. Like, I am, um, and funny enough, that was one of the reasons, like, at the start of this year, where I wanted to move to doing stuff in a studio and doing stuff in person because I felt like no matter how good my graphics and my overlays and my video intros and whatever looked, I always felt like doing Zoom interviews and stuff, you know, they can be fine and they can be good, 
but I always felt like an in-person interview in a studio or filmed on like a high quality camera with that it's it just looks better doesn't it and I think yeah. if you see a clip of so for instance I always the the thing I always say is like say you got like a clip of me and Rodri talking about football and it's on, you know, it's on this or on Zoom or whatever. And you're scrolling through Facebook or Instagram and you see a clip of me and Rodri talking about whatever. And then the next clip is me and Rodri in a nice shiny studio with lights and filmed on like a, you know, a 4K camera and whatever. And we're talking about the same thing. I think more people stop on the studio one than they do on the online one just because it's an online Zoom thing. And it's just like a psychological thing in people's heads for for whatever reason, even though yeah. the clip, which is online, could be funnier, could be more interesting, whatever. I think it's just a, just the way it is. Yeah. There's some people, podcasts and non-podcasts, like just in music, who do get the rough and ready style, like spot on. And it's almost mm -hmm. like annoying because like, how are they just using a phone and the videos are massive, but it's more like, yeah, you, you've got to have the right stylistic to it. But yeah, next time we're playing a gig down in, in Wales or even on the, in the south of England, we'll give you the shout and on the way down or the way back, we'll pop into your studio and we'll, we'll do an in-person one. And yeah, yeah definitely. I'll bring my big, long scouse ass into that studio. <laughs> I think just nipping back to what you were saying about that like rough and ready look, the the inspiration for that milk and honey music video was um what was this the holly humiston song overkill um and the music video is like quite similar it's filmed in one shot filmed on a mobile phone i think holly holly humiston really got that point across like the homemade bedroom i think ours was slightly off off key from what we set out to to achieve um and yeah uh, it's a great music video. Check it out. It's called Overkill mm. by Holly. Um, well, yeah. I'm looking back. Yes, it, I, I agree with um, what Sam just said there. Like, some people are just annoyingly can do it, like, on the basic, like, on a mobile yeah. phone or in, like, a different setting or in a similar setting to what, like, mm. I might be in or other people might be in, but they yeah. just seem to be able to put it off very well. Uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm just not creative enough to think of yeah, whatever probably, they're doing like i don't know what it is like but probably got the same well it's like we we're really good friends with a band called clean cut kid and they record all of their own music so they don't hire an engine they may hire someone to master it or do a bit of mixing but recording their uh, their music they do it solely by themselves on like tape machines and stuff and i don't think all i right. could ever imagine us doing something like that just because i don't think we've got the the competence to be able to to yeah to, to do something like that but you know i think it works very well for them because they know them that sounds super, that sounds wicked cool i gotta say you have you listened to clean cut kid before um I've, I've i've heard of them should i say i wouldn't say i was like bang into it but i'm gonna have i'm gonna try and just yeah them now. yeah it's definitely it definitely worked there the latest album mother's milk is it was one of my favorite albums last year i had it on repeat quite a lot um but that that style of of right of recording their own music and using i think they use a tape machine they record everything onto tape and it just gives it that 
authentic sound. I don't think we'd ever be able to manage it. Yeah, vintage almost. And that's that's what they're about live is like I remember talking to Mike from Clean Cut Kid once and he said he uses this dead old like bedroom amp. It's not it's not an amp designed for you know, I think he's he's played massive shows, but that that amp and that guitar perfectly create the exact aesthetic and sound that they're looking for and that they want that the or the the crowd wants to hear. So it's about yeah, it's just about experimenting really and just finding what works for you. And I think now we've stumbled across a good rubric that has will work for us. Yeah, basically if you shit I spend more money on a professional one. And if you're naturally amazing, you're rough it. Just fucking save your dough and rough it. <laughs> in essence. So, yeah, if, you, if you're naturally talented, just make it what you want. <laughs> um, so, as we kind of look towards wrapping up, like, what's, uh, what's the what's the plan for the next, uh, next end of this year, I suppose, next few months, isn't it? September already? Yeah, so... The plan for us is we're playing show-wise, we're playing Liverpool and Manchester at the moment. Um, and I think we're playing the Away Day Festival when it's reorganised. That's in Sheffield. So we've got um, three dates which we can talk about at the moment that are actually on socials. Um, yeah, but there's plenty more gigs coming up, especially outside of Liverpool. We're looking to get further down south again in the autumn. We were down there this summer. Um, so hopefully getting towards London. Um, we've never played a, a Cardiff show or a, a Welsh show, but that, that could be on the cards. But yeah, get, getting out of Liverpool a lot more this show. You are. There's some good places in Cardiff, mate, for music. Real yeah, good man. I think I'd like to get to Scotland. Yeah, Scotland, Scot- Scotland as well. So yeah, gig-wise, we've got Manchester, Liverpool, Sheffield in, and we're looking, we're, we're, we're not looking, we've got um, shows in, which we're going to announce over the next few weeks and months. Um, for yeah, around the country, and then as far as music goes, we've got yeah, tracks which are coming soon. Three tracks which are coming out, um, ready and recorded. Um, and we we can't say a date yet, but the the next one's around the corner pretty much. So, um, yeah, keep keep your eye out, and there'll be more more music videos, more of Walker doing trying to look cool, and when he's not, um. <laughs> But if you don't know him, he might look cool, but to me, he's a gimp. But um, <laughs> yeah, so, but yeah, if you're into our music, there's, there's definitely tracks coming out this autumn. And if you don't live in Liverpool, Manny Sheffield, don't worry because we're announcing more shows. That's the way, good stuff. I'll put links to um to those gigs and I'll put links to, obviously to cartoons and your socials and that in the description. Um, a couple of random questions then. If um, so, someone asked me this yesterday. If you could have uh, lunch or a night out with three people from the music industry, uh, alive or dead, who would they be and why? Three. One of them. Uh, it'll have to be John Lennon. Will have to be one of them. I'm not sure if you'd agree on that. Well, you, you say yours, then. I'll I think John, I think John John Lennon definitely. You'd you'd want someone crazy, so you'd probably go for. Um, who's a, who's a crazy? You know, someone into their party and Freddie Mercury or um, what's his face out of the who? Kevin 
Keith Keith Moon, someone just someone mad. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I just had Paul Gascoigne coming to me. I don't know he's not a musician, <laughs> but just someone crazy like Paul Gascoigne. And then um, one of my all-time favorite is is Alex Turner from the Arctic Monkeys. So I can't leave him out. Um, and I think yeah, and Keith Moon, um, Alex Turner, and uh, who was the other one? Who was the first one? It <laughs> was the fucking first one. Pardon? John Lennon. John Lennon, yeah. <laughs> How could I forget John Lennon? <laughs> fucking hell. I think that would be a cool night out, yeah? Yeah, man. Um, yeah, Walker sounds a lot more cooler than mine. I think I'd go for... I'd go for Susan Boyle. <laughs> uh, Pavarotti, the Italian opera singer. And... No, lad, that's um, Andre Bolicelli. Andre Bolicelli's amazing. Suzo Boyle, Pav- Pavarotti, and Ozzy Osbourne would be the fucking maddest night out. And I reckon we'd go to a casino and I'd just sit there looking at the three of them just like I have assembled the maddest Avenger team ever. <laughs> right, so, yeah. Subo and uh, Subo. Yeah, that would be... Imagine if us four came across you four. On a night out, <laughs> me, John Lennon, Freddie Mercury, and Paul Gascoigne, or whatever it was. I think Susan Boyle and Paul Gascoigne would get on well, though. Yeah. <laughs> who, who would yours be, Si? For music? Oh, God. Um, oh, that's what I was... Before I... I'll say my number. Like, um, do you know what? Um, Alex Turner, mate. I watched him... Was it Glastonbury they did the other day? Well, anyway, I watched the TV. Yeah. He was on the TV on the festival. I cannot believe... Like how good live they are, like yeah, oh, it really yeah, blows my mind. Like how good they are live. Yeah. Like it just sounds like they've just plugged in a CD. Like it's um yeah, it does. Superb. Is uh, I think yeah. It's I, just so, it, from my point of view as well, he's just fucking cool, man. And I, um, Sam will probably disagree with me because he'll probably call him a, probably call him a gimp for wearing leather trousers or something. Um, but I think I just fucking think he's so cool and. He was he was the reason I got into music. Alex Turner, I listened to that first um, that first album from the Arctic Monkeys, and just went, I fucking want to learn all of that on the guitar. Took me about a year to learn all of it, but then that's so. I just don't think I could I could turn down an opportunity to have dinner with Alex Turner. I think that would be amazing. So I, what, all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're on the on. My fee. I'd um, I'd go for like. Um... Yeah, I'd probably go for some mad ones, isn't it? Like I'd have um, Keith from the Prodigy. Is it Keith Flint? Um, and then I'd go with uh, Bears. We were talking about Mondays. Bears last night. <laughs> we were literally talking him... about Bears from the Happy Mondays last night. <laughs> I want him in my. I want him in his peak though, like when he was like yeah. mid twenties, off his box, and. Um, <laughs> Now my third one, I think I'd go for Jim Morrison from Adores. Think that'd be a party nice. enough. It would, yeah. <laughs> Couldn't imagine those three groups on like work yeah. nights out, bumping into each other at a bar, just being like, "What the fuck's going on here?" And that's right, survive a night out. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With M3 either line, but you know. This Pavarotti dead pop. Oh, he's dead? Oh, I didn't ask if he was alive. Oh, yeah, sorry. No, oh, I sorry, just I thought, well, you're not ending if you're dead, are you? But um, no, he was he was Italian. I think he might have been a posh Italian. I don't understand the Italian accent, so he could have been posh. I don't know. But he could have been could have been rough and ready for all I know. Yeah, but no, Pavarotti just because he is absolutely epic voice man. And he's legendary. Sue yeah, Bowl. Susan Boyle for the culture. Man. Sue Boyle just for the pop culture, man. I've, so my thing about Susan Boyle is her voice is is unbelievable, but she's just yeah. become like a pop a pop culture figure, and she since the X Factor. But Susan Boyle's amazing voice, but um, and then just Ozzy Osbourne because I just want to try and get the three three different characters if I could. They were completely different, not to do with being biggest heroes or nothing. But you said I would like. Out, so that's all I'm planning. I would like to see. Um... Ozzy Osbourne and Bears have a conversation at like four o'clock in the morning Fucking when now. they were both in their peak in their heyday, as it were. Yeah, the, never get to the end of a point. Yeah, just <laughs> looking at each other, just mumbling with their eyes. <laughs> yeah, but no, they're characters. Bears is really, as I say, we talked about Bears last night. Yeah. Funny watching videos of my practice, just dancing because you were like, he actually did nothing, but he did everything at the same time. because no. he made the band live. But then if you're actually just like, you know, he wasn't mic'd up or anything, he was just making no noise. <laughs> you know, he added nothing to the sound, but he added everything to the show. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and do you know, it, it, it's, it's weird when I see him and how, like, I see how healthy he looks. And it's quite um, disconcerting because I'm so used to seeing him look, like, as I grew up, like I'm so used to seeing him just look rough and is it as if he haven't slept for like a week or something. And then I see him now and he's like he's got his new teeth and he looks all like healthy and that good on him. Like uh, you know. Yeah. Him, man. But he's, I find well, we never, really galling. Yeah, well, we never really got to see him in the Happy Mondays phase. We've only sort of known him as the you know, Reality a YouTube search, like remember you know, people talk about Bez Jeffrey Mondays and we just YouTubed him and found out who he was. But yeah, good goggle box star we know him as. Mm. But um but yeah, it goes to show you can you can stop doing you know negative things in your life if you as your life say if you're addicted to drugs or something, you know, not necessarily yeah, the end of the old for yeah. everyone. No man, you can change what you're doing. Yeah, hundred percent. It's uh, it's not easy, but you know can be done nevertheless i'm gonna check out clean cut kid now they look uh, i'll do it a lot the, they're heavy i feel like walker made up we'll make with them all we'll make it ross the drummer by the odd chance that they ever watch this and think who the fuck of that band <laughs> ross we are actually we are actually yeah. made with ross but he's the drummer ross go ross is an unbelievable kid but not a kid he's well older than us <laughs> but um yeah he's dirty so but yeah check them out they're heavy they're heavy yeah, they should come. They should come on the podcast as well. See, I want to get more bands on. See, I um, but but they never bloody reply to their emails. Bands, 
I've noticed. Um, you got to get them on socials, like you get, like you get us. Say, got to catch them or comment on a post, and let them know you are. Yeah, yeah, commenting on posts catches your eye the most because, like, it you know pops up, especially if you've just posted it, and like a comment straight away, like you just see it more. Emails going going to the abyss, man. Going to the ether. Yeah, um, I don't read. I don't read half my emails. I gotta say, but yeah. And what was the other one say, you said? You need overkill. To... Yeah, that's Holly Humberstone. But if you need scouts, if you want any more scouts bands, we've got some good mates in the industry. You can give us a message, and we'll we we think we'll know what will come on it on your show yeah, if man. you want to. So give us yeah. a message. We'll always we'll looking for you. guests, mate. Yeah, man. There's a few Cairo's are good mates with there, boss. Yeah, the Cairo's are cool, man. They probably come on. They play like um, it's like rough and ready, Oasis, you know that nineties Britpop, but like with a modern feel. It's 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 cool, but it's what you yeah, but yeah. We'll we'll nice. get you some bands. Good stuff, man. I like it. Um, we'll definitely have you on again anyway, because uh, I could I could look I could sit here for like another hour, and I said what I say forty minutes. <laughs> Oh, that went out the window. Yeah. We've done 40 minutes on the second bit. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, it is what it is. I could sit here and talk to you guys for ages, but we'll uh, we'll kind of wrap it there, mate, uh, mates. But um, I will drop, like I said, all your stuff in the description so people can check it out. Make sure you subscribe to the Honey Motel YouTube. Check out their Spotify. Uh, what else is there? Apple Music. Where should yeah, I all send the them? All the good stuff. Spotify's, I think, the main one out of all of them, but whatever people you subscribe to on. All the gigs are on. And then all the gigs are on our social media, so just have a look at our social media and and you can see where we'll be playing in the next couple of weeks, months, years. <laughs> but, yeah, thank you very much for, for having us. We really appreciate it. And, yeah, we'll try it. We'll uh, get down to Wales sometime and, and have, a, have do a proper one. Yeah, it'd be good. That'd be a good crack, I would. Get in, yeah, get in person and then uh, go and have a beer or something afterwards or whatever. Yeah, you know, that'd be good. Come and see a gig as well, then, if you're in, uh, if yeah. you're in Cardiff, definitely. But, um, yeah, well, I, I feel like um, this was two separate podcasts. We had, like, half on <laughs> half on music and the first half was derailed by flat <laughs> earthers and free free speech talk but, um, <laughs> yeah. i didn't even know what we got there. we got there from have a word i think that's where yeah, we it went did and comedians and telling the truth about the yeah. about the about society but uh yeah Just goes to so show here's a question for you then to finish it's a question Pardon? for you to finish here's a question to finish right do you think that uh what's her face liz trust will do a good job as the prime minister <laughs> no i think it's i think it's um it, it, I, don't, I don't think anybody in the conservative party can do a, a good job following especially following on from what boris has has achieved in his time achieved. raising the <laughs> gas price yeah well achieved by i mean by raising the gas prices raising the housing market <laughs> she's not even been voted in she's celebrating as if she's like won the fucking WWE or something she was fucking just selected by her own party like no one wants her in you know what I mean don't don't wish bad on no one but there's a there's an um, there's a scout musician called Jamie Webster <laughs> yeah, yeah and he sings he sings a chant at every gig and Paddy the Baddy started it as well and it goes 
Fuck the Tories. Da, 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 da. Fuck the... <laughs> but no. Don't yeah, wish okay. bad on it. But no, she's not going to fucking... Not going not gonna to solve the world. But then again, who the fuck is, man? I don't know who's going to solve the world. If there's anything to solve, maybe we're just all, you know, mad existing organisms on this planet where we don't know where we're going. We don't know what we're doing. In fact, I'm sure that's what we're doing. Let's wrap it up now. That's the most epic way ever to finish. Cut it now. Yeah. <laughs> Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.